This episode of Rockcast is brought to you by rock sponsor Subsplash. Subsplash is a technology company that provides software solutions for churches and nonprofit organizations. Connect with Subsplash today at rockrms.com slash sponsors. podcast. We are here today to give you an update on what's going on with Rock, and we're really happy you've joined us. Um, we have some exciting things to talk about. Let's first discuss what's going on with version 5. Yeah, so version 5 is close. Um, we have a lot of the features completed. There's just, just one or two more features we want to uh, put the final touches on. Um, but we are hoping to have uh, something to beta in the May time frame. Um, so that's coming up pretty soon. Um, so we're looking forward to that. Lots of, of new features in that. We'll kind of talk about some of those features a little bit today, some of the stuff we've been working on. Um, but definitely excited about that. I would say if you are a beta tester, you know, you might be planning on uh, what, what you're going to be doing, be able to do in, in May to really help us get, get through that. I think one of the things we've talked about in the past is we really need to make sure that our beta program is going into more of the features and really doing a, a deep testing. Um, so we're going to be trying to really push that through on this update for this release. Good. John, can you remind us how we can become a beta tester if someone's listening to this and they're not a part of that already? Actually, that would be a good segment for Nick since he oversees sure. that group. Yeah, I would uh, go to our Connect page. Mm-hmm. Um there is a, an item in there for beta testers, and there's also one for alpha testers, which is a slightly different role. You need to have slightly different skills, but you just uh, fill out that, that form, and we'll get notified. You'll be on, added to the beta team. And as John mentioned, for V5, we are going to change the beta program a bit. Um, we're going to ask you guys who are on the beta team to go through a little bit more formal formalized checklist. So you won't have to test everything, but we're looking for people to test certain sections of the system and then probably add other items that we haven't really added to that list yet. But we'll have more news on that at the next podcast. Great. Um, Speaking of more news, we know you've been waiting a long time to have some updates on the conference this year, and it's finally time. So registration is live now, and if you sign up today, you will be able to go to RX 2016 at Bel Air Church in Los Angeles, California, and join the rest of the Rock community on August 24th and 25th for the early bird pricing of $349. Now, that early bird pricing is only available through June 20th, so you don't want to delay too long. Get those budget things in order. Get your approvals in place um, because the price does increase starting June 21st. It will go up to $399. So again, lock that in early for your early bird pricing um, before June 20th at $349. We're really looking forward to bringing the Rock community together for the second time this year um, and already have a, a great feeling. A lot of people are commenting. And one of the things this year that we want to do a little differently, if you joined us last year, is we are really looking for the community to come together and share their lessons learned, best practices. Um, We feel like that's the best way for us to grow together and learn together. So if you're listening and you have um, experience with Rock, you've been working on implementing it at your organization, you're running live on it now, 
We'd love to hear from you, and we would be very interested in your speaking at the conference this year. So reach out to us. Let us know. If you um, feel like you have some topics you could speak about, send us a couple bullet points on what you think those might be, and we'd love to work you into the schedule. Um, We're very excited to help the community learn from each other this year and to hear what you have to say, too. So um, we are looking forward to hearing from you on that, and we want to share with you some things that we've been working on. We have some projects, and, and we know that you don't always get an update on what that looks like behind the scenes, so we'll, we'll pull that curtain back for you a little bit here today. Sounds great. David, why don't you go first? Sure. Uh, something we've been working on is another giving gateway, uh, NMI. Um, we, I mean, just with our philosophy with Rock, we just want to have a lot of different options, especially when it comes to giving. And one of the things with NMI that lets us do is really take off some of that PCI compliance. It lets us do a kind of a redirected post back to the gateway without ever having uh, sensitive data touch your server. So that's a nice feature of that gateway and that will be available with V5. Awesome. There's another new feature coming in version 5 that we're calling Family Analytics. So what that does is it allows you to collect um, some interesting metrics about your uh, attendees and members. Uh, one of the metrics is something that we've uh, we created years and years ago called uh, ERA, which is stands for Estimated Regular Attender. Um, the E is critical. I mean, it's estimated. We, we can't know exactly the, the attendance patterns of every person in your church, um, oftentimes because they don't check in and they don't give. Uh, so we use the data that we do have to create an estimate, and so we've baked in a recipe for that, um, and that will automatically calculate uh, for you. It also gives you more attributes about um, their first attendance, their last attendance, their first gift, their last gift, and even um, their participation in certain group types. So that's a, a really cool way of, of gathering um this kind of complex stuff in a very simple way. And it's really just the beginning of what we hope to add in terms of being able to have analytics about people. Uh, so pretty excited about that. Uh, just put the finishing touches on that. It's documented now in the V5 docs. Uh, so really interested about rolling that out. Is that something you could give us an example of maybe a couple things you could do with that information once you have that in hand? Yeah, and... We really spent a lot of time in the documentation focusing on, you know, how this data should be used. Because I think with any data, it can be used in a very positive way, but it can often be used in a very almost negative way. And I don't think that's such a problem in the church, but in sometimes it can be. One of the things that we did when we, when we did this uh, feature is we had to pick an icon like a lot of the features you do in, in Rock. We had to pick a font awesome icon. And for this one, we really picked a shield because that's really kind of what we want to show is like this is a way to, of protecting people in a way for you to have ministry moments with them. It's not big brother watching over you. Oh, you change this or you change that. Let's, you know, let's attack. You know, that's exactly what we don't want. So, for instance, ERA is a, is a, a, a dual faceted um, uh, metric. So there's a facet for how you become an ERA. So you have to give or attend a certain number of times. And then the other facet is when do you stop being an ERA? So again, there's a different set of criteria of where you have to stop giving or uh, and stop attending for that to happen. So if you, if you have this pretty regular attendance and all of a sudden that those change, 
that should probably, you know, be flagged and someone should probably reach out to you. I mean, that, that something's going on in your life. You know, either you perhaps have lost favor with the church or something's happening in your life, maybe a life event like a divorce or a job change or, or some other things that could happen. And all of that warrants is, is if, if we are supposed to be pastoring people, all of those warrant some kind of touch point. So this is really indicating that there's an opportunity for ministry. Right. And I think to, in today's churches, it's, they get, we get bigger and bigger and bigger. Plus, just the nature of how I think society works is we're becoming less and less connected um, to people in the church. I and mean, there's so many more people who are just not connected at all. And we have access to some of the state, and we're just trying to present it up to um, to the to the church staffs and, vol- and and lay leaders to say, hey, here's some opportunities and maybe touch points. Not all that touch points are are necessarily bad. For instance, if someone's not giving, but they have attendance, their children are checking in, and maybe they have high schoolers, and now the high schoolers went off to college, and that only source of of us knowing that that you still attend it has now stopped. So you're going to stop being an ERA. You might still be coming, right? But we're going to flag you as not being an ERA anymore. But even in that touch point, a pretty significant life event happened, right? Like your kids left right. to go to college. Empty nesters. Right. Or they, even if they're still living at home, which happens a lot, you know, there's still something there that you can make a touch point with. Now, in all of this, you never want to make an accusatory touch point. Hey, I noticed you stopped you know, that's exactly what you don't want to do. But you want to reach out in a very, you know, general way of saying, hey, I just want to touch base. I want to, like, reach out to you guys, see how things are going. And, uh, you know, we found that it really has created a lot of, of, of cool uh, experiences and cool stories. And honestly, that's what the church is supposed to do, right? We're supposed to be shepherding. Um, you know, consider this, like, 21st century sheep management you know it's <laughs> it's warning you that hey perhaps the sheep is out of the corral like let's go find them and 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 make sure they're okay i mean even if there's something wrong with they just have a disagreement with the church it's still a good touch point that you at least know about that and you can make sure that they, they get into another church um but there's no reason that if those if those criteria shift that they be they had this attendance pattern and now they don't there's no reason why you that you should not reach out to them and find out at least what's going on. Right, and show you care. Right. And that's just one example of, of some of the analytics that are in there. Um, but there, there's more in there in V5, but there'll be even more in the future. And we'll start working on ways that we can start exposing some of these things in different ways. You know, right now, my biggest concern is, like, let's get in there and let's start getting this data um, because it takes, you know, the more data you have over time, historical data, the more powerful it is. So let's get it in there. Let's give you some features today. There's some badges. There's workflows that can get launched when you be, stop becoming an ERA or if you start becoming an ERA. And I think a lot of times we, we always focus on the exiting of an ERA, but entering an ERA is actually a pretty significant thing too. I remember when I was just starting out as a Christian, um, you know, I started giving a little bit. And I have to say, it was a little bit. Looking back, I thought it was a lot. Like, I, I was expecting, like, a note from the pastor, you know. <laughs> but I didn't get one. <laughs> and, that, you know, again, I'm, I was immature in my faith, and that's why I was expecting, like, you know, I grew up, you threw a dollar in the plate. Like, that was, like, that was what you did. So when, when I was throwing $20 in the plate, I'm thinking I'm, like, a saint. Again, that's very immature, but... 
but this allows you to actually reach out and say, hey, again, you don't want to say, hey, thanks for starting to attend. They might have been attending for a long time. They just weren't doing anything. But it gives you a touch point because something changed. Mm-hmm. Something dramatically changed. It could even be that they had a baby, and that's the only reason why they became an ERA. But again, something changed. It gives you a, 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 an ability to reach out to them and, and have that showing that you care. Because honestly, if someone had said something to me back then, that would have meant a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Even though it was immature and, a, and the wrong thinking, it would have meant something to me. Um, so, now that you know how immature I am, <laughs> we should probably move on from that. <laughs> so about some of the check-in changes? Are sure. Um, we are, V5 is going to have a, really just an alternate way of using check-in too, if you choose to. Um, the old, you know, the current way will work the same way it has, but we're adding a new method to kind of streamline kids being checked in or your family, you know, if you have more than one child, um, rather than having to go through each one individually, picking the child, the room, the service, um, you'll be presented with all your children or all the kids that you can check in and you can select them all at once and kind of move forward that way, doing it as a group. And I mean, if there's only one option, one room for them and one service, it's just a matter of checking your two or three kids and then you're done and the labels print. So just... But after installing V5, it'll still be, nothing will change. You have to enable that. Right. Okay. And I think we're also trying to make the configuration of check-in a little bit easier. Yeah, to try and streamline that. Um, It does get a little complex the way we have it now. We're we're hoping to do just if, if it's a kind of a simple configuration or provide a simple configuration for those scenarios where you don't have a lot of different rooms for the same age group and things like that. Yeah, that's great. I mean, we kind of talked about in the past, too, how we were trying to circle the globe with getting all the features in there and then keep polishing and adding new features, too. But I think this is the start of going around the globe. Yeah. I mean, eventually our vision is to make check-in even simpler for very small churches. I think the first time around the globe we're trying to add all the power. Now we can come back and, and simplify a little bit. So we also have talked a lot about the dynamic compiling of less files on Rock. Still working on that. It's pretty much done. Um, I'm planning on pushing it into develop uh, probably on Tuesday. I've just been working on the documentation. I find that document writing documentation sometimes is the best form of, of testing. testing. So I just want to make sure that I get that done. But I'm hoping to get that completed this weekend. And is that a feature, John, also that you'd have to enable on each theme? By default, will they all be not set to compile? Uh, by default, they all set will be to compile. Um, you can disable that if you like, and that will be documented. Um, but we think there's just a lot of benefit to, to having it compile so that when you do updates, uh, when you add, uh, when block developers put things in the store, they can assume that their, their less has the ability to be compiled in. Um, so I think there's a lot of, of uh, benefits to it. You can still compile locally if you want and push up your CSS. I don't see why you'd want to do that. It almost seems like a benefit. Uh, but if you write a custom theme and you're just like, you know what, I want to handle all, this, all the compiling, there's a, a, a file you can put in your theme and it will keep it from being compiled. So but you can opt out of it if you, if you like. But with that also comes some features uh, of being able to manage the themes on the server. So a lot of times we say, hey, if you want to start a new theme, you know, go out there, grab Stark, copy it, put it back up. You can now just clone 
the theme right on the server. You can say, go to Stark, say, hey, clone this theme, give me it, call it this, and now you can you know go from there. There's also the ability to have some styling options on themes. So assuming the theme developer um, creates these styling hooks into their theme, you can actually change colors right from the GUI um, and pick the color you want. It's all dependent upon the theme developer to do that, but we definitely have provided that for uh, the rock theme, the Stark theme, and to some extent the flat theme. Uh, this is just a, the start of what we want to do. There's some other features we want to add to that styling in the future. Um, so especially for like check-in themes, you can really start getting in there and changing your check-in theme just by like clicking images and stuff like that. That's coming in probably V6. And would the hooks and the documentation for those things for theme designers, would that be in the Creating Websites guide? Yeah, in fact, all of the documentation on this last topic will be in the website guide. Um, so it, from a theme developer, you it, I wouldn't say it's complex, but there's a lot of little little like hooks you can do. And so we're going to do our best to document as many of those as we can. Um, but as you guys have questions on it, theme developers, you know, please ask because it, it might be something that, you know, we didn't document clearly or maybe forgot to document. Uh, so if you see something being done in the rock themes and you can't figure out how it's done by the documentation, let us know. Um, you know, a lot of time things we work on are core, but a lot of things aren't core. Um, so just the consulting that we've talked about that kind of helps pay the bills. Uh, so we've been doing a lot of that um, with NewSpring and with CCV and with uh, a few others. Um, so I've been working on some metrics and some steps with CCV and you know, Dave and I have both been working on um, some stuff for NewSpring, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, I think, you know, some of that is very custom, but a lot of it isn't. And actually some of these that we're going to be talking about um, coming up here are, are in core, but came out of consulting. And actually, you know, just to kind of back up, the, the whole family analytics was came out of the consulting that was something that Central Christian wanted and helped us get into core. Um, so it was kind of killing two birds with one stone. They wanted it, but they were also gracious enough to, fl- to allow us to put it into core. So the consulting actually is having a, a positive effect on on um, core, but you know we still want to get to the point where 100% of our time is doing that kind of stuff. Um, so let's see. So there's also some registration enhancements that we've been working on that you'll see in V5. Um, payment reminders is one that a lot of people have been wanting. Uh, I think it's pretty cool. Even in V4, it's so easy to go back and make uh, additional payment on a on a registration that you owe money for. But now we provide some really rich tools to remind people that they owe money, because the ability to do it is one thing, but the ability to easily get back to doing it and have a one click link into it is another. Uh, so there's a lot of features and capabilities on payment reminders. Uh, we've also made registration instances more powerful. A lot of times, some of the feedback we're going getting back was that people like the templates and instance um, separation of concerns, but that they're finding that they're having to create too many templates because the costs um, were just different for each instance, which we, in V4 requires a different template. But we've actually added the ability to change some of that on the instances, so now you don't have to create as many um, templates. And I think we'll continue to add more and more capabilities in that vein in V6 and 7. So we're always trying to polish up the registration. Uh, But there's a lot of new little features in the registration I think you're going to like. 
one of those other features is a group filler. So a lot of times when you finish the registration, um, you're not done yet. Like there's still work to be done. Like you have a camp or maybe a, a, a youth sports team. You still need to fill up like sub teams for like each counselor might have a team or each team who is a sports team will have a team. There's now a really cool uh, a group filler that can take all the registrants off of a registration and help you move them into a series of groups. And it's pretty cool. Like hmm. it's very easy. Um, and very quick. Lots of other small changes to registration. But another thing that we finished up recently is a change to the caching engine in Rock. So the, the caching engine today is very fast, is very powerful, but it is not um, cluster friendly. So if you were to run Rock on two different servers, same, you know, one church, one database, two different web servers or application servers, it's not super friendly because if you change some security settings on a one server, like you're, you're on the uh, interface in there and you're changing some security settings, that gets changed into the local cache of, of that server. But the second server, server B, has no idea that those uh, security things changed. It's in the database fine, but that server B's cache is still stale and it doesn't have those. And uh, a few people who have tried to run Rock as a cluster have found that to be an issue, which it certainly is. Uh, so what we did is we've uh, made Rock's caching cluster-friendly. And the way we did that is um, each server is still going to have their own local cache, their own local memory cache. It's just so much faster than having to read across a wire to get their caching information. So they'll keep their local memory cache what we've added is the ability to have a, a, a Redis cache that's separate from any one of those servers that's just basically listening there. And when you enable these features, um, each server, when they start working with the cache, will tell this third party, hey, I uh, flushed this piece. Everybody else should flush it too. So the best way to think about it is kind of like a chat room for, for Rock's caching engine. And all the servers join the chat room, and as they do stuff to their local caches, they're just going to tell everybody in the chat room. They don't have to know who's in there. They're just going to broadcast to the chat room, hey, I did this. You should do it too. And that's exactly uh, what that does. So it's pretty cool. I think it will definitely expand uh, the scalability of Rock to large deploys. Smaller churches definitely don't need to worry about this. Um, uh, Working on the project, Redis is pretty cool. Like, I've always heard about it. I've always, you know, read that how people use it. But actually getting to use it um, for real in a real project was kind of fun. Uh, it's definitely something we'll probably expand how we use Redis in the future. Um, but it'll always be an optional thing. We'll never, we'll never make a feature that requires you to have, you know, Redis. It'll always be an enhancement type thing. So we don't want to rule out features for a lot of the smaller churches and you know having redis and needing redis is definitely something we don't want to require but it is it is pretty cool anything else you want to add david mm -hmm. no no <laughs> <laughs> i think we have one thing that never gets attention is just all the minor tweaks and fixes that we do as we hear stuff in the community like a lot of times we'll just go fix things right then and there um, even things aren't necessarily broken but just like oh that could be easier i think people would be surprised how much time a lot of that stuff takes right um, 
and they're not always tied to an issue. Sometimes we just go fix it. So the commit log probably is the best indication if yeah. you're, if you're yeah. interested in looking at the commits. I'm surprised when people watch that on the Slack channel, like the develop channel, but you get a lot out of that. Mm-hmm. Like, In fact, we get a lot out of that too because sometimes people find things that maybe we haven't thought about. Yep. Um, so yeah, I would definitely pay attention to that. And sometimes you might even see, we're kind of quiet about it, we'll see someone talking about something and the Slack community will actually just go fix it in there and it'll be ready in V6. Or I often, sometimes I'll see people talking about a feature in Slack and I'm like, oh, come on, that's documented. So I'll go look in the documentation I'm like, yeah, it's documented, but that's there. I can see how unclear it is by looking at their question and I'll just polish up the documentation while I'm in there. So, you know, we're watching, we're polishing things as we see it. Um, but that does take time. I, and I wish... Well, maybe we'll try to do it on a podcast before V5, but we'll go over almost every single micro feature, albeit quickly. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, just working with New Spring and CCV, getting them up in production, we've done a lot of things since V4. But some things that may not have a big, huge name tag for a feature, but just a lot of little improvements. Well, Central's done a lot of that stuff, yeah. too. A lot of, of, you might call them like a micro f- polish. But those add up, and those mean a lot. Like I think that really makes a product feel like, yeah, it's it's robust and and mature. And if you'd like to be a part of that conversation on Slack, you can do that too. RockRMS.com/slash/slack. You we, can get your invitation there. We got to get over two hundred. <clears throat> like we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. There's no reason why we shouldn't be over two hundred. In the day. And a caveat, you do not have to be a developer. In fact, most of the people on that channel are not developers. They're learning together. Great conversations happening there. So don't feel intimidated by who is this crowd I'm joining. You can get in there, ask the questions you need to have answered, and it's a an awesome community feel. Yeah, and I would say most people aren't aren't the developers, but I think right. there is that perception that right. you know you should be, but I would say most people aren't. And and I think some of the best conversations come around topics that are not programming. In fact, most of them aren't programming. They're just more like, how do I do this? so that's a great list of of some of the bigger things that we're working on we've talked that there are a lot of smaller ones out there but i just want to reiterate something that you said a little earlier john is that we're still spending a lot of time working on consulting versus core so just imagine if we had a greater percentage of time that could be devoted to core work and documentation and work with the community how um, how many more features we could bring to you, how much more polish we could give. And uh, trust me, there's no end to the ideas and uh, all the good things that could be done. There's really just an end to the amount of time we can commit right now because of our funding. So first of all, I want to say thank you to the many personal donors that have stepped up recently with small donations personally from our rock community. We're so thankful for you, and your commitment means a lot to us. Um, we do still need the churches that are using Rock and that are finding benefit from it to step up, join the community. Um, we're trying to give you as much as we can, and that's a two-way street. For Rock to be successful, it's a full ecosystem, and we need you to invest in it as well. So if you're a part of a church that is using Rock, we'd encourage you to go to your leadership and say, hey, this is something that's doing big things for the church. This is going to change the way um, churches and ministries are able to impact people, and we're a part of it. So let's let's um, participate. If you need an invoice to make that happen, you can go to our donate page and create an invoice. A lot of organizations need that, and that sometimes we found is the one uh, one block that we have between 
um, knowing that we need to invest in ROC and being able to do it is just a piece of paper for the accounting department. So you'll find that there if you need it. So just wanted to pop that in there as well. well I think that's a surprising thing is <clears> I, <throat> I, I never would have considered that people would personally donate to ROC. I know. And I think that, first of all, it's humbling like it that they, they believe in it so much. And um, every time that happens, it's just like, wow, that's amazing. But I also think it's another message to, to, to churches that there's no church using rock that can't afford to give something. Like if, right. if people can afford to give out of their own pockets. That's right. They can afford. I mean, it doesn't have to be a lot, like 20 bucks. If that's all you can afford, that's great. You know? Right. But many churches can afford a lot more than that. And there probably is a misperception there, too, that if I'm not writing a huge check right now, it's not going to make a difference. It is going to make a difference. And right now what we really need are recurring monthly donations. So uh, a donation that your church can afford on a monthly basis that you'll commit to, we know then how much time we can commit to the features that we want to bring to you and ultimately how quickly we can release the new versions. So it is all tied in together. Yep. So it's kind of a lead into to like, you know, just how things going in general. And I think mm-hmm. things are going really well. Um, one of the interesting things, you know, as you work on the projects week after week after week, is just like, what's the pulse? Yeah. And, you know, I think the pulse is going really well, but I mean, we so look forward to the day where we're just working on core stuff. And, um, you know, someone was asking me the other day, like, well, how's everything going? It's like, oh, it's going good, but, you know, we're getting tired, you know, because it's basically like working two jobs, one pays, one doesn't. Um, <laughs> But I think more than more than being tired because we're kind of used to that is it's so hard when you we can see the vision of where you want to go and what needs to be done and what you have to have to be successful like and what these churches really need. Um, you, you can see the vision, but you it's frustrating when you can't like devote as much time as you need to to, to get that vision seen you know pushed through. So one of the things that's been really eye-opening for me is I've had the opportunity, and I really think of it as an opportunity, to volunteer at a uh, for a church who's small. Um, and they're just starting to get a church management system. And it's so interesting to see the product through their eyes. And, and honestly, I see the deficiencies. Um, not necessarily in technology or in the, necessarily what you think of as the product, but in terms of how... You know, I think we're we're kind of missing the boat in some areas in terms of like processes and how how does someone approach this? Um, because I think when they come in their mind, what they what what they need and what we give them are two different things. Like we're giving them a great technology with good documentation. That's not necessarily what they need. They need to understand like, okay, why would I do this and how do I have these processes and what should I document on their side? And it's interesting to see that disconnect because. Uh, I think so many times we just say, okay, well, yeah, here's exactly what you need, and boom. And I think there's a, like, there's a difference there. And, it, and some of the training that we have always had a vision to do, mm-hmm. um, you know, video-based training, and, and honestly, there's just not time right now for that. We're, we actively do work on, like, ideas and brainstorming, like, uh, uh, you know, what training topics need to be done, and, and we're creating, like, a, a kind of an outline for video training. So we are we are working on it, but um, not to a level that we'd like to. That's definitely one of those projects that has to be on hold until we have the ability to put more time into into the core. Yeah, or it's yeah. on the slow churn. Yeah, you know, it's like 
but I think in, in some cases it's God's timing because I think being able to volunteer for a small church who's just doing this is giving me ideas like, oh, wow. You know, I think if we had done it like even like a few months ago, it would have been like... We would have had a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Perspective has totally changed. So I think that's one of the angsts is just like, okay, you know, you see the vision where you need to go, where what needs to be done. Or even some of these core features that we really, 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 really want to work on. It's like, okay, well, you know, it's going to have to sit on that, put that on the shelf. Um, and another thing that's just driving me nuts, too, is this, the power. I'm sorry, I'm just going off. <laughs> the power that's sitting inside of the database. that we And then now there's some great tools to be able to extract it and, and do some real, like, like, dashboarding with. Like, Power BI is blowing me away. Like, there is some seriously cool stuff there. And we're playing with it, and we're helping... You know, a couple of churches with it, but man, if we just had more time to devote to that, to create recipes for you guys to be able to easily do it yourself, it just kills me because like that is like a pot of gold, and every month they're just improving it, and every month it gets more and more exciting. There's some stuff that came out in the last uh, in this last week, which is really cool. Um, Microsoft just had a whole conference about Power BI last week, and this week they did Build. Uh, which is a different conference, but they're talking about Power BI too. This is crazy. Like, that's the kind of stuff you guys really, really need to get your your hands on. And I think if we can help make that easy by showing you and providing a few quick tools, it would totally like, you know, jettison you up into the stratosphere of what you could do. So, can I expect to see a session on Power BI at RX 2016 <laughs> from you, John? Maybe. I mean, it's, I. I can show some stuff, but I just know what the vision of what I want to do in that presentation. I feel like I don't have time to to, to get all of the stuff that I'd want to show like lined up. So be a and, teaser. I mean, I could do something quick. Like we've already done some work in it, but I guess I have a hard time because I know what I'd want to show and I know what it would take to to get there, and I there's just no time. <laughs> you know, you always say, oh, "Okay, I'll do it. I'll do it." You know. Tomorrow night or on the weekend, and then by the time the weekend comes, you're like, okay, yeah, but I still have to document this, and I have to do that. And the documentation list actually for Rock V5 is building fast; like, it's a pretty long list. And I mean, that documentation takes a lot of time to make. I was working on something this other day; I was redocumenting like one small feature, but I ended up having to make this huge screenshot again that had literally 17 callouts. And so, okay, so three hours later, I'm done. I'm like, yay. Oops. I'm not kidding you. Two days later, we add a new feature to that page. And I'm in there redoing it. Ouch. Yeah. So it just takes a lot, a lot of time. But it's so it's needed, and it has to be done. So it's got to do it. So okay. that is some serious behind the curtain that we just heard there. Yeah, and documentation is... It is. I mean, you work in that, too. I mean, it's very technical, like, all the different things you got to get lined up right for the tools to kick in and do their thing to highlight when things change. And It's tedious, but we put the work into it because, well, you're here with us on the podcast, and this is where you can hear from the team what's going on. This is where you can catch the vision and see 
through our eyes what rock could be, what the community can look like, and it's exciting. But don't forget, if you're new to rock or if you've been using it for a long time, the documentation is where you get done what you need to get done in rock. So if you are just starting out, you have to dive into the documentation. You can't be successful without it. And that's why we invest in it the way we do. It's essential to what you're doing. And if you've been with Rock for a while, don't forget about the documentation. It changes as the product changes. Um, and there may be things in there, features you didn't use originally, that now you're moving toward. That documentation is going to be the difference in many cases between success and wondering exactly why it's not working the way you, th- you think it should. So don't forget about the documentation. It mm-hmm. seems like um, it may not be as, as big of a deal um, as as we know it is so that it's essential when we look at the page views on the documentation recently and i was actually blown away by how many page views they they, they get and i was i had a, you know you always have that kind of like gut feel with and then you run the sql statement and you're like whoa you know sometimes when you do that sometimes things are a lot lower than you thought sometimes they're a lot higher this was a lot higher and i was like that's pretty cool i it kind of you know i see people like on the site looking at documentation because we can kind of see who's active in rock and and that's cool um, but when you actually see that number it's a huge number um, and and like you said rereading it is important like on the lava documentation I find it's funny how much I forget is possible um, and so I go in there I'm like oh yeah <laughs> I think I documented I think I even wrote that filter but I forgot it existed <laughs> That's true. And if you find that you're confused by something in the documentation because it doesn't seem to be laid out in a way that makes sense, um, there is an ability to send a suggestion for a documentation update right there on that page and in that section. Just say, hey, I'm not sure this is clear or "Um, this grammar is incorrect. It happens sometimes. Let us know. We make changes on that constantly. Or you might have figured out how to really do something and it should be in the documentation. Right. Like I find that again, like I'm checking like, oh, that's documented. And I go and check. Oh, yeah, not really. And we just had someone make a suggestion, you know, it took me combing through three documents before I found out where this was located. It makes sense to me that if I need that feature um, interpreted, I would find it in this other documentation. So we put in some links in the other documents that made sense. So that kind of thing helps us and helps you. Let us know. Actually, it reminds me, we got to document what is bulk email, how that checkbox gets, because mm-hmm. of that conversation on Slack, I was just... The whole time I'm like going, okay. And that, that was actually an example. I'm like, I think that's documented. I looked, no, it's not. And now I'm like, oh. It's documented in the code. <laughs> yeah. Features don't exist until they're documented. <laughs> right. It doesn't that's exist true. until they're documented. Um, so, yeah, we got to get that in there, too, because that's just a, a nugget of, of wisdom that just needs to be there so that. So you don't have to look at code. Right. And again, the documentation is not going to be perfect, but when we find a new discovery, it should be documented for the next generation of people. (laughs) Good stuff. How about we close in prayer? Father, thank you so much for everything you've provided this team. Um, The list would would go on all day if if we just itemized all the the details, but um, the team, the community, the funding, those are the big three Lord, uh, we also thank you for the protection that you've given this team um, from hostile takeovers or unhostile attempts, but um, we're just thankful that you keep those temptations away, and uh, we look forward to um, more protection in the future. Lord, we're also thankful for the successes and the rollouts um, that have happened over the past month, and um, 
thank you for the the knowledge that you're bringing those teams into the community. And Lord, we just ask that you'd continue to bring the right people and organizations and teams into the community, and um, also some the funding to finish out the year and bring us to our, our goals so that we can all work in the uh, in the way that we want to. We just ask for these things in your son's name. This episode of Rockcast is brought to you by Rock sponsor IT OneSource. Any IT products and services solutions can be acquired through IT OneSource. Connect with them today at rockrms.com/sponsors. <laughs>